our enemy is real good, or the, the, the devil, we, the Bible says he's our enemy, and I'd like to bring out today that he is our enemy. He's against everything that's good for us, right? He's against God. He hates God, so he hates us. So our enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, we're going to call him our enemy today, right? He's real good at making us feel like we're not good enough. That's right. Right? Yeah. He's, it's not just me, right? Me and Sister Mary, it's all of us. He's real good at making us feel like we're not good enough. And here's an example of it. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to open my mail today and tell you what happened on our vacation because I know you're all wondering. Right? Yes. But, but I'm not just telling you this to be a simple little story that's about me. I'm just the example today, today in today's lesson. So uh, we're on vacation. Um, we set out for two services. So as a pastor of the church, I'm always looking for a message. But I have to have my private time with God as well, right? Mm-hmm. You all know that our teachers are, or do anything to, to, to serve God. That, that you have to have your you have to have your private time as well as your time that you're studying. So I got to set out two services. So I was looking forward to having my spiritual batteries recharged, right? To be able to get in the Bible and just be about me and God and spend time with Him and not have to worry about you all for a little bit. Come on, I figured I'm going to get a laugh or something there. You all know that I'm a participatory preacher, right? I'm going to need some amen, some head nod. If you want to get out of here by 3 o'clock today, I'm going to need some help. So, so I can talk a lot faster and get a lot more in if I get a little bit of input right here. And I feel like, I feel like I'm getting somewhere. But when you get real quiet, I know where I'm right, where, where I need to be at anyway, right? Because that's, that's where you get your toes stood on that. So we, stuck, we took off thinking I was going to get my batteries charged on vacation. So the first day was all about money. That was Florida. Or, uh, it, it was Monday, the first day we left. It was all about travel. We got there. We got there way too early at the airport. If you ever sit at the airport with three and a four-year-old for three hours, it's terrible. Yeah. I was traveling with my firearm, so we got there early because I hadn't done that before at the airport. So however we got there, we, we flew there. We got to Florida pretty late, fairly late. It was 80 degrees and humid there. I know you all are thinking, poor baby, right? It was great. The weather was awesome. It was good to get. I got sunburned. My head filled a little bit last week. Um, by Tuesday, we woke up, and our and, and we had these oversized sliding doors in the living room and our bedroom, um, and they opened up to a golf course, and there were these big, funny-looking gray birds that came around, and kids fed them cereal on the, on the patio, and there was little white birds and stuff we don't have around here. And it, it was just a beautiful scene. It was Everything was perfectly manicured and palm trees and the whole nine yards. So we went swimming that day. Swim in an outside pool in January, first time in my life. So they said it was a heated pool, but I think they lied. It, the water wasn't very warm, and when you got out, it wasn't that warm either. So on the third day, we went to SeaWorld. I'm going somewhere with all this. On the third day, we went to SeaWorld, but by the end of the day, when SeaWorld was over, we ended up in the urgent care. Grace had 103, 103 degree temperature, so that's what she was talking about being rocky on our vacation. So by the fourth day, which is Thursday, <clears throat> day four, we went to Gatorland, a place called Gatorland. Um, and by that night, Joe was starting to have symptoms. She had 103 or 104 degree temperature. So um, um, by the fifth day, day five, we went on an airboat ride. We, had, we ended up in urgent care then with Grace and Joe and Kyla. They were all on Tamiflu and um, Tamiflu and antibiotics and steroids and the concoction of different kinds of medicines that they gave them. And we were hoping not to spread it around. We didn't want to waste our whole vacation, so we went ahead and pushed through and did some things anyway. Um, we went to the beach for about 15 minutes, and it was terrible. I'm not a beach person. Um, if you've ever been a fat guy and rolled around in sand all sweating, <laughs> it's not that much fun. It's just not. I don't enjoy myself on the beach, but my wife does. So we try to rent a room, usually that's right on the beach, so they can go out and play in the beach and I can set the air conditioner and watch them. It all works out for everyone. So after we went to the beach for about 15 minutes, it was windy and cold on that day and wasn't very nice. So, um, 
And we, we ended up going to three Walmarts, and yes, I said Walmarts, <laughs> because there was three of us people this time. It's not Walmart. My wife, I said that for my wife's benefit, because she says Christ Choppers when she's just going to one store, Christ Choppers. It says Christ Chopper on the building. Why do you call it Christ Choppers? But this day, it was three Walmarts. Three of them. <laughs> so, so we went to three Walmarts, to the pharmacies, because there's an epidemic in Florida that, that there was so much flu outbreak, the symptoms of the flu outbreak, that they were running out of Tamiflu. So we had to go to three Walmarts to get our kids' prescriptions filled, to get enough for all, all the kids to be on, on the drugs they needed. So we did that. Then we had to rush back to the airport to get Katie. We were late to get back there. When we got back to the room that night, I finally read my Bible. I'm ashamed of that. <laughs> this was Friday already, right? But you see what I'm saying here. We get our time filled up with everything else. This happens to everybody, doesn't it? It's not yeah. just me, right? Yeah. So on Saturday, on Saturday, I was in the shower and God spoke to me and said, you big dummy. You've been asking me. He didn't say you big dummy. I threw that in for, for, for your humor. But he said, you've been asking me to heal your kids. You want me to do all these things. You you, you, you come to prayer for me, but but we thank God with a quickness. We, 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 we always ask God to, to bless our meals and we thank him for our meals, but we do it just in passing. Amen. We don't stop and spend time with God. True. Every day. We get busy with everything else in our lives instead of stopping and spending time with the one who means the most to us. Are you following? Yeah, that's right. So he spoke to me in the shower and said, Praise me. Praise me. Go out and get your family. So I I got out of the shower, got my family, did what God said. We got our family all gathered together. Katie was there by that time. She helps lead the praise and worship. So I was off the hook for having to lead in praising God. But We've done it in our family before. So, however, she came and I, I told her what God had spoke to me and what I desired to do. And I got the rest of my family together and we praised God right there in the living room of that of that yes. little uh, motel room or whatever you want to call it. And and we praised God right there and he showed up in a mighty way and yes. he was so strong. And we just sang three or more songs to him. Yeah. And God was so good and he showed up there and he, and he blessed us so much on that day. And, and, and we had peace and, and it was great because we were... In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy, right? Yeah. So you can praise God anywhere. He'll show up anywhere to be with you. But, but a lot of times we get so busy with other things. So we went on and we went to Disney World that day. By that night, Brenda had symptoms. You notice I'm not claiming sickness here. I'm not saying my family has the flu. I'm saying they had symptoms. They did have symptoms. It would be a lie if I said they feel great when they have 103 degree temperature. But I don't have to say my anything. Yeah. Right? Some people need to learn how to talk right. Right? You don't claim sickness on your family. So I expect you not to claim sickness on my family, okay? <laughs> Alright? So so I'm not claiming sickness. So this Friday even it went on to say last this Friday we missed the youth rally. I didn't tell any of you or anybody else what happened, why we were missing the youth rally. My family was still having some issues, but Joe um, her heart rate was down to, to 61, so the, the pediatrician didn't want to wait any longer. We had to take her to, to, to I'm just telling you all the things that filled up our last week or two. I, I'm talking to you about something, so you'll realize it's not just you, it's not just me, but we're all in this together. So her, 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 her pulse rate was down to 61, so she ended up in the emergency room, and they did all the tests on her and things they do, so they can't find anything wrong with her. Praise God. That's a praise report right there. I didn't want to give you that one yet, brother. It was full of thunder. That's a praise report right there, though. They, they, they ran all the tests they could run on her. They had her jumping up and down, and her heart rate would come up, and it would go back down. And it was doing exactly what it was supposed to do, but it was just operating like the heart of a fit person. They Athletes' hearts don't have to beat that fast. They said her heart was supplying the blood that she needed to supply. Her capillary refill was great. Everything was good. 
but we still spent the night in the emergency room. We got out there about, we got home about one o'clock. So on the seventh day on vacation, Brenda was feeling symptoms by this point. Brenda and Katie went shopping, we went swimming, we packed up, we listened to Brother Birch's message, right? Monday we traveled back and it was fairly late when we got back. So are these things a sin? These things that we're doing, are they a sin? No, but they consume all of our time. They kept us away from spending time with God. Tuesday we came back, and I'm telling you all this, I'm going somewhere with all this, right? Tuesday we came back in the church and it felt so good to come in here. It felt so great to get back home and be able to spend time with God. I came in. I had some things going on. I I bought this little lemon tree here that we brought to the church and and an orange tree and a lime tree that I gave my sister. But I was going to get some pots and some dirt and stuff, and I was going to go to that first. But when I got here, I felt so drawn to get back into the church and come here. This is is my prayer closet. This is where I come to spend time with God at. So I came in, and I went to the bathroom before I even came in here, and God just started overwhelming me and speaking to me when I came in here. And, And I wasn't looking for a message at this time. I was looking just to spend some time with God. I wasn't looking for a message yet, but I got it. I got a message while I was here. It felt so good to be back in my prayer class, though. Prayer class. And I wasn't looking for the sermon, but but he gave it to me. And and I've told you all before, I've shared with you, he has me come in and sit in different seats and different places in the house, lay in the floor, wherever he wants me to be at, wherever I feel the Spirit, led by the Spirit to be at, that's where I go to. Sometimes I'm laying here, sometimes I'm sitting back there in different chairs or whatever. This particular time, I was right here in a prone position, but my knees were here. My belt was about right here, and my belly was up on the stage, so my rear end was sticking in the air. It was kind of an awkward position, but we were the only one here, me and God, so it didn't matter, right? <laughs> and so I was laying here on the floor, and God was speaking to me and, and, and ministering to me, and I began to wonder, you know, God, I've stepped out of this role as a pastor for two weeks, right? So when I came back to it, it was, like, it was coming back home, and it was a great thing, but sometimes we wonder, am I good enough to do that job? Yeah. The devil is a liar, and he and he's yes, very he good at deceiving us in yes, to to not thinking that we're good enough. Yeah, y'all y'all had this happen before. Yeah. So sometimes I was laying here wondering and looking around and wondering, am I good enough to do this job, God? Can I carry on with this? Can I keep this pace up for for how many every years you want me to do this for? The Bible says a cause without repentance, yeah. without repentance. So this means even after I retire from Ford Motor Company. I'm still going to be coming here preaching unless God calls me out somewhere else to do yes. something else or unless I die. That's my, that's my only two options to get out of here. <laughs> so sometimes you wonder, am I good enough to do this? Am I good enough to keep the pace? A lot of pastors fall by the wayside. Yeah, amen. A lot of us do. And then I begin to wonder if, if this wondering, how much the wondering that I do affects my preaching, my style of preaching, thinking that I'm, I don't measure up. And you all get this? Yes. Is it just me? No. Nope. So the Spirit reminded me laying right here on the floor, the Spirit of the Lord is on me to do this job. It doesn't matter if I'm good enough anyway because I'm not good enough. I'll tell you, I am not good enough to do this job in the natural. You're not good enough to do what God's called you to do. It's only through His empowerment, through what He does. That's why He shows up for every service you're here. You, you, you feel the Spirit of God when you were in the praise and worship this morning? A lot of times you'll feel the Spirit of God on you when I'm preaching. I feel it on me when I'm preaching. I've heard it from other people before. That's why He shows up every time, because we're anointed. Because He's called us here. Because we're in His will. It's not because of anything that we've done. Sure, you've got to live right. You've got to do the things. You've got to live in his will. But he shows up because we're stepped out of the calling that he's called us to. Because we're doing what he's called us to do. So he anoints that. He's anointed this church to be here. 
He's anointed you to be here, each and every one of us. If you call this your home church and you call me your pastor, he's anointed you to be here. Right. And if he hasn't, you're in the wrong church. Pick up and move to the church you're supposed to be in. Because you don't pick a church because you like the music. You don't pick a church because you like the pastor. Right? You don't pick a church because you like the location of it. You pick a church because God tells you this is the church you're supposed to be sitting in. Because God gives each pastor a different message. He gives them different styles and different messages because that's what you need to be fed on that part of your life and that time of your life. And when he places you in that church where you're supposed to be at, he'll give that man the word. And the messages that you need to be fed at that time. Yes. Amen. Right? Yeah. yeah. So he shows up every service and it doesn't matter how good I am. I mean, I have to be right, right? By God, I have to have, but, but I'm talking about ability. Right. It doesn't matter my ability because God's in control anyway. Right. It's not me. God gave me this message today. I didn't dream this up on my own. If I was dreaming up messages on my own, I'd have been out after about six weeks. Yeah. We'd have been done. I'd have to start over again. Y'all have been sick of it by now. But he's in control, not me. His Amen. spirit is upon me to preach the gospel. Yes. You know what the gospel is, right? The good news of Jesus yes. Christ. That's right. His spirit is upon me to set the captives free, to see people saved from sin, to cast out foul spirits, to set people healed, to see people healed and see the blind see again. Yes. You might think, now, Pastor, you're getting a little bit carried away. Mm-hmm. Or if you've got a visitor here with you today, you might say, that's our pastor and he's a little bit nutty sometimes. <laughs> Don't pay him no mind. Right? But Luke, I want to show you this in the Bible, right? Luke 4. 18 and 19, I can show you in a few different places. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus speaking here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent me to heal the the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to recover, and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. To set at liberty. Hold on right there. Go back. Go back because i got to give you some definitions right here. Some things you thought you knew, I want you to rethink them. Okay? So the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because, let's look at this word right here, because. Because means for the reason that, for the reason that, right? Since. The usage of because is this, though. Because is the most direct of the conjunctions. So he doesn't say but here. Like in Matthew 6, 33, he says, but seek ye birth the kingdom of God. It's the most direct of all the conjunction words used to express cause or reason. Cause or reason. There's a cause today. There's a reason that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. There's a reason that Jesus came to die for your sins, that the Spirit of the Lord can live inside of you. There's a reason for that. He didn't do it just so you could get to heaven. Right? The Spirit is upon you to see these things here happen, though. So let's go on to the next one. So there's a reason he has anointed me to preach the gospel and do all these other things. And this is not just to me. This is written to Isaiah. Isaiah said it first in Isaiah 61.1. Right? Jesus is actually quoting Isaiah here when he's talking in Luke 4.18. He's quoting quoting from the book of Isaiah. So the word there, anointed, means, in the concordance says, it means, uh, in the Amplified here, I'm going to bring this up too. The Amplified translation also says, anointed and qualified. You've been anointed and qualified by the Spirit of God. That, that's a great translation right there. So it says, through the idea of contact, we anoint with oil here, right? And, and there's a power in the touch. That's why you don't want people with foul spirits or, or bad things going on the touch, right? Things can transfer through the touch. But through the idea of contact, to smear or rub with oil. Okay, we all know that part right there. You've got that down, right? But let me give you what you might not know. That is, by implication, to consecrate. So God, who's anointing here? 
God is the one doing the anointing, right? Right. Yes. God is the one anointing. So if it's by implication, God is implying. Is that not what it means? If it's by implication, God is implying that I'm consecrated. Yes. God is implying that you're consecrated. To declare set apart as sacred, dedicated to be sacred. And it goes on to say made or declared holy. You can't do anything to become holy. You were made holy through the blood of Christ. Right, man. God sent his son to make you holy, to set you apart. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. He's declaring that you're sacred and set apart for his use. Yes. Right? Amen. That's what this verse is saying right here. So you're anointed to be sacred and set apart because, for a reason, for a purpose, to do this. To preach the gospel to the poor. Right. Preach the good news of Jesus to the poor, right? Amen. Jesus Christ died on the cross. Read it again. Write it down. Read it again when you get home. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He has set me, or he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to heal people, right? For people to be healed, to, pro to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives, and to recover the sight of the blind, to, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Yes. That's good stuff right there. You can read that half the day and get a lot more out of that. Right? And verse 19 says this <clears throat> to proclaim. The acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord. So what's he talking about right there? The acceptable year of the Lord. He's talking about the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee. So if you go back and read this, write this down if you're taking notes. In Leviticus 25 and 10. Leviticus 25 and 10. When God first laid the law down, he said every 50 years you're going to go out. You're going to, you're going to live in your fields and your homes. And, and, and if you sell something, you don't sell it for the worth of the property. You sell it for the worth of the crops that's going to come out of that property. For X amount of years. Amen. Because on the 50th year, everybody's going to go back to their home, the, the homeland that they came from, and you're going to possess that back again. Mm -hmm. That's what he's talking about here, right? Mm -hmm. So why, why is he putting these two thoughts together? The Spirit of the Lord is on you to do all these things, but now he's throwing back the year of Jubilee on us. What's, what, what's this mean here? If you read on the Luke 421, it says that, do you have it back there? It says 421? And he began, he is Jesus, and he began to say to them, he was teaching the synagogue, by the way, at this time that he's speaking here. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Yes, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. So Jesus came to heal and, and, to, and to do all the things that he talked about doing, why the Spirit of the Lord was on him. I don't believe this is just for Jesus, though, because you have Isaiah talking about it 3,000 years before this. Right. Are you following me? Yes. And Jesus also said... You're going to do more than I did. That's right. And I'm going to show you this in scripture here in a minute. But it's fulfilled. Jesus came to fulfill just like the year of Jubilee did. To give back what Adam had lost. Yes. What Adam, not what Adam lost, what Adam handed over, what Adam gave away. God designed this place for man to run the show. Yeah. God designed this place for man to have authority over everything with a name. Read it. Genesis 1.26. Right. He says, let us make man in our image after our likeness and give him dominion over everything on this earth. So God wanted it to be that way. God, God originally designed the earth to be that way, where man was in charge. Man ran the earth. Adam handled that authority over when he sinned. God wouldn't stay in the presence of sin. So all through the Old Testament, when you read, people weren't baptized in the Spirit, besides a handful of, of John the Baptist was, Jesus Christ was. Yes. But, but for the most part, the Spirit came on kings and priests and yes. prophets for a work, mm -hmm. right. right? Just just for a service. <laughs> so so he's talking about the fulfillment. The fulfillment of the scripture here was of the year of jubilee. That's Jesus Christ. He came and took back 
what Adam had lost. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Adam had laid it down, just like if you sold your property off back in the day. If there was 35 years left of it, it says be fair with each other. You should go back and read that part. Be fair with each other. If there was 35 years left to harvest crops from this ground, he sold that off. He lost basically his birthright. Adam gave it up for everybody. So we didn't, they didn't have the spirit living inside of them throughout the Old Testament until Jesus came back. Are you following me? Yeah. In the Old Testament over here, they required a blood sacrifice. They had to bring in an animal, a dove, a goat, an ox, whatever it was that they dealt in, yeah. crops sometimes, grain. Right. They had to make a sacrifice in that way. The blood represented life. Right. Are you following me? Yeah. Never really forgiven of their sins. So they had to come back the next year and offer a sacrifice again, and the next year and offer a sacrifice again. Up until the time when Jesus Christ came along. Yeah. When Jesus Christ came along, he was the high priest. Right. right? He was the prophet. Yeah. Are you following me? And he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. <clears throat> he was the only one worthy to go there and die on that cross and pay for all of our sins once and for all. The final and the ultimate sacrifice. Y'all should get excited right there. Right. You know? yeah. Come on, that's good preaching. <laughs> he died for your sins. Yeah. Can you imagine having to travel miles and take a goat to the preacher to get him to sacrifice it for you? And still not be able to have the Holy Ghost living inside of you? Are you kidding me? We got a better deal than Isaiah had. We look up to Isaiah. We look up to Moses. Right? We look up to all these people in the Old Testament. We look up to Samson sometimes. You name them. We look up to them. We put them on a pedestal. You got a better deal than they had. Amen. We got a better deal than they had. All we have to do is ask for forgiveness. Come through that blood. Yes. Our sins are paid for once and for all. The Spirit moves inside of us. Amen. You should get excited about that, church. So this was the fulfillment of that scripture right then because Jesus was a representation of he, he came and took the sin on for him, made us righteous, right? Yeah. Put our sin on him, and we were forgiven once and for all. So what does verse 18 have to do with verse 19? 18 kind of points to Isaiah, right? It points to Jesus also. Verse 19 points at Jesus. Are you following me? Verse 19 points at Jesus because he fulfilled that scripture. In Luke 21, it talks about the year of fulfillment. And we've already read that in Luke 19 and 20 right here. When Jesus came back and died on that cross, it says he went down to, to hell. Right? Those three days he went down to hell, put the enemy on public display. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Took the keys of death, held the grave, stripped him of every every uh, ounce of authority that he had, every weapon that he had, he stripped him of it. Yeah. Do you understand that when they put someone on public display in the Bible days when they were writing about this? That they when they put a king on public display, they would strip him down naked and they would march him through the streets of his kingdom and show him that he was completely and utterly and totally defeated. Was no threat anymore. This is what Jesus did to Satan. Yeah. And when he came back up, he says this. Luke 10, 19. says, behold. What's behold mean? He's saying, listen up. Pay attention, Sister Linda. I really want you to get this one. Yeah. <laughs> Hear me well right here. Yeah. I want you to understand that. Isn't that what he's saying? Yeah. Behold. Yeah. I give. This is Jesus Christ. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. You, should, you can walk all over the power of the enemy. Amen. That's exciting right there, right? And 20 says this. You might say, he's not talking about that. They're talking about snakes and, and bugs. and No. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject unto you. What spirits are you talking about there? You notice that has a lowercase s? 
Lowercase s, that means something below God, right? Because the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life because my Jesus Christ came and died on the cross and Delegated authority. It's delegated authority. It's not by anything that you've done. It's because Jesus went down there and took it back and said, here it is, Brother Ron. I want you to live in authority. You think yes. you give this this to take home and put on the shelf? No. no. To lay it down like we do our Bibles? No. I didn't read my Bible until Friday. You know how ashamed I am of that? Delegated authority. Given by Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. To trample on the enemy. Right. That's right. Yes. That sounds great, doesn't it? Yes. That's wonderful. That sounds really good. Let's move on. John 14, 12. I got quite a few scriptures today. John 14 and 12. Oh, we're not going to get out of here on time. Sorry. Not really. <laughs> it's really good to be home. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Isn't that what that authority was for? This is Jesus talking right here, right? I say to you, most assuredly, not maybe, not my, not if you're good boys and girls, most assuredly, I say to you, if you go by the if you go by the promises and, and, and we do it the way the Bible says to do it, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my father. Why do you go to his father? So the promise can come, right? Acts 1 8. You know that you know this, you know what Acts 1 8 is, right? Wait right here. Don't even try to go out. Don't even go out and try to tell them about me until the comforter comes upon you. Until the promise from God comes upon you. Right? This world wasn't set up for all of them to be here at once. Jesus had to go back for the Spirit to come. Yeah. You're anointed in the Spirit of God. Isn't that the first scripture I showed you? You're anointed from the Spirit of God to do what? To see demons cast out. To see people healed. To see the, the blind regain, regain their sight. Yes, come on. Are you following me? Yeah. To see people saved and set free from sin. Absolutely. Yes. That's excited as we get about it. God, are you kidding me? We were given authority to run the whole yes, earth, to rule the whole earth by God Almighty Himself. Absolutely. Yes. We should be really excited about that. Maybe <laughs> we can come back to it again. <laughs> so, was that my last scripture there? I lost my place in my notes. That's all right. It's good anyway. Four twelve. All right. Second Corinthians five twenty. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. What did Jesus do when he was here? Think about it. What did he do when he was here? He preached the word. He healed people. He gave sight to the blind. Right? He cast demons out. He set people free. He had the power of love. It's what he did when he was here. An ambassador is someone who does or carries out the business that Jesus would have done. If he was here himself. Thinking about what an ambassador is today. An ambassador to a foreign country goes and does what the government of the country he came from would do if they were there themselves. That's what an ambassador does. A representative. Right, Sister Linda? So let me ask you this then. What did Jesus do when he was here? He preached. He taught in the church. He did it in the synagogues. He cast demons out. He healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He reached outside the walls. Jesus was missional. Yeah. He reached outside the walls more than he preached in the church. A lot more than he preached in the church. The church wanted to kill him. 
He reached outside a lot more. So what, what are we supposed to be doing then? Think about it. He's our example. We're anointed to do these things. Yeah, we are. Though we're sitting on our hands, we're anointed to do these things. Yes, we are. Stefan shared a statistic with me yesterday, the day before, and it kind of ran together. But how many percent of Christians do you think lead someone to Christ in their lifetime? I guess three. I was wrong. Not by much. Probably less than 5%. 5% of Christians lead someone to Christ in their lifetime. Though we're anointed to do all these things, we're anointed to have authority over everything on the earth. You know why God gives us miracles? So people see that we're different. People see that God's real. That's why Jesus heals people. He healed them because he loved them, but he wanted them to see that God was real. Without the signs and the wonders, they would have thought he was just some nut. <laughs> Are you following me? Yeah. The world today a lot of times thinks we're just some kind of nut. Yes, they do. Because we don't have these signs and wonders. We don't have these miracles. We've seen several in this church, but as a whole, the church doesn't have signs and wonders and miracles just pouring out of her anymore. Look at the early church, what it looked like. When Peter walked down the road, they were putting people out there on carts and, and, and their mats and things that they were on so that he could, just his shadow was healed. Yeah. Jesus says, greater things than these will we do. Greater things than these will we do. Why aren't we doing them, church? Why aren't we doing them? We're listening to the lies of the enemy. You're not good enough. You can't do that. That was for them. You ain't really got that inside of you. You can't get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why do you want to go up there and be one of them tongue talkers and look like a nut up there? Sound about right? How many people will you take to heaven with you, though? Think about that 5% statistic. I want to break out of that mold in this church. Right? Every one of us should set out to lead someone to God this year, if not this month. Are you following me? At least one person lead them to God this year. Pray about it. I'm telling you what, I know from experience, I know... That I know that I know God will see this through if you'll take it seriously. God will give you someone. He'll put someone in your path to speak to. You don't have to know all the scriptures. The Spirit will give you the scriptures at the time you need them. He'll give you the words to say at the time you need them. If you'll set out to do this, and if you'll ask God to help you do it, to put you in the right place at the right time with the right person, when the doors open, you can't beat them over your head with your Bible. All you'll do is push them away. You've got to give them the word of God when the time is right, when God's soft in their heart. And if you're praying for this person, be praying that God sets this person in your life. Fast about it. Yes. Jesus talked about fasting. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? Amen. It's biblical. We can still do it today. Yeah. Right? If we'll set our hearts to this, if we'll set our minds to this, God will show you that one person this year, if not more. Right. If not more. Church, can we take this seriously right here? Do you want to be the 5%? Absolutely. That's pathetic. 5% is pathetic. That's kind of rough to say, but it's true, isn't it? Yeah. Out of all the Christians in the world, 5%. That's in a lifetime. That's not even talking about a month or a year. That's in a lifetime. That's pathetic. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says this. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. This is also something that we gain by Jesus going down to hell, taking that authority back. Right? Shedding his blood so we're forgiven of our sins forever, that we can come boldly to the throne of God. 
and talk to God and not have to go through a priest and have him go and talk to God for us. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the high priest now. Amen. Right? We come to God in Jesus' name. Amen. Right? But it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. He's talking about confidence here. I want you to remember this word because I'm going to come back to it. That if we ask anything according to his will, whose will? Yes. God's will. He hears us. Anything according to God's will, he hears us. What do you reckon his, what do you reckon his will is? What do you know what you to do? Be Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Come on. Come on, sis. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that, that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. We know that we have what he's done. So he, he's anointed us. His spirit is upon us to preach the gospel. Right? Yeah. To set the captives free. You can read it. It's in the Bible a few times. Isaiah 61.1. John 4.18 and 19. Or Luke 14, 19. Go back and read it again. Set the captives free to be saved from sin, to see people healed, to see the blind see, to see, uh, uh, to cast out foul spirits. Y'all should be hooping and hollering right now. <laughs> I'm telling you what. There's so many foul spirits plaguing people that we don't even realize. We see it as other things all the time. Yeah. You'd be scared to death if you could see the foul spirits sure that are around us all the time. Amen. Especially when you go out into your workplaces. And I, I would hate to see the foul spirits at Ford. I'd probably be scared to death. I'm telling you. All the things that are plaguing people, the spirits that are plaguing people, it, it's, it's for real. It's biblical. Do you get that, though, that you've been anointed to do that? Yes. yes. Do you really get that down inside of you? The spirit of the almighty God lives inside of you. Yes. He lives inside of me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If we did, we'd grow up. If we really got that, we'd grow up. We'd realize that the enemy is a liar. It's not that I'm not good enough. It's because God is good enough. Yes. God is good enough, and he's anointed me to do these things. And we realize he's a liar, and then we live according to God's will. What is God's will? Well, what he sends you to do. What do he make you the ambassador of? What do he give you the authority over? What do you think his will is? Come on, wake up. Think about it. What do you think his will is? We live according to his will. We see miracles done daily. Look at the early church. You think I'm lying? Look at the early church. How they saw miracles daily. They saw, they saw 3,000 saved at one time. They saw the church added to daily, right? right. Daily, the number of believers. Are you following me? Yeah. Yeah. If we wake up and smell the coffee church, we can see these miracles done on a daily basis. Amen. We see the church added to on a daily basis. The church would become a powerhouse. Yes. Amen. The church would be something to be reckoned with. Amen. Not this homegrown thing that we've become. Right? I'm not talking, I'm talking about the church as a whole. Mm -hmm. Talking about the church as a whole. In Luke 4.18, Jesus was quoting Isaiah 61.1. So, if the spirits came on king in, in Isaiah's time, the spirits came on king, priests, and prophets for a service. A service there. Now think about that. For a service. To serve God. Mm -hmm. Right? Here's where, here's where we got it messed up. We got it backwards a lot of times. To serve God. The spirit came and they did something. Right? Y'all are getting quiet here. I know where I'm right where I need to be at. Let me stomp around a little bit. The Spirit came. They reacted. They did something. Are you following me? Yeah. Because they came. It was for a service. The Spirit didn't come on kings, priests, and prophets for their enjoyment, right? right. Not for their pleasure, right? right? Not to be touchy and feely. Oh, did you feel that Holy Ghost in the service today? He was so great. And they walk out and do nothing with it. Right. Amen. That's the truth on Sister Linda. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sometimes the truth hurts, and my wife's going to whip me after this. <laughs> she doesn't like it when I. However, this is supposed to be an uplifting message, so be uplifted. 
They served him, though, not him serving them. You see, we get it backwards so many times. We're, we're supposed to serve God. What makes us think we're so special that we can treat God like a novelty? Right? For our amusement, to be touchy and feely. That's it. We get here, we feel the Holy Ghost a little bit. And that, that's it. That's far enough. I, I'm not going up there. I'm not going to pray to be baptized. I'm not going to do these things. I'm not going any further with God. I'm not going to give that up. I'm not going to lay that down. She's awful cute, Pastor. Doesn't matter if she's not a Christian. Are you following me? Yeah. We just want to be touchy-feely with God. We want to keep God in a box, like a genie in a little box. We keep him in here. We want to keep him in here. And then when we need him to do something, remember that show, I Dream a Genie? When we need him to do something, we want to rub on our little box. Oh, Lord, I need you now. Oh, Lord. Kids are sick. Grandma's in bad shape. Whatever the, whatever the situation is, we want God to pop out of the box. We want him to do something for us. What's he anointed you to do? Right. Come on. What's he called you to do? Come on. We're supposed to be here to serve him, right. not him here to serve us. Right. Right. <clears throat> Last page of notes, I promise. No, that's not true. Two more pages. <laughs> it won't take long, baby. When you realize it's not you, though, but the spirit that's on you to preach and set free and to heal, to do God's will, when you realize these things, it'll boost your confidence. Oh, yeah. Remember that word confidence? This is the yeah. confidence that we have when we pray according to his will. Right. When we're doing things according to God's will, Amen. right? And we realize that it's the spirit that's upon us that lives inside of us. Right. The spirit of the almighty God, yeah. the Holy Ghost and fire, Amen. that's actually doing the work, that actually heals. He actually does the healing. He actually sets the people free. Yes. Yes. Right? He convicts and he convinces. Oh. He does all the work. All we have to do is be a willing participant. Amen. Amen. All we got to do is show up. Yeah. And open our mouth. Yeah. When he says open your mouth. Remember Moses? He couldn't talk. He stuttered. Yeah. I'm not a great public speaker. Never have been. But through the anointing, things happen. Yes. Yes. Things happen. The whole, the, whole, the whole nation of Israel was set free. When you do this, it, when you realize this, it's the spirit of God that's on you. It'll boost your confidence quite a little bit. Sure. Right? Yeah. And you'll realize that the enemy is a liar. And he's a thief. He wants to steal these things away from us. He wants to steal God's promise from out of your life. Through duping you and agreeing with him that you're not good enough. It's exactly what he did with Adam and Eve. He couldn't come up and snatch their authority from him and say, that's fine. I'm more powerful than you and I'm taking it. Because it was given from God. Are you following me? He had to deceive them in to use in that against themselves. He had to deceive them in to sin in against God. He can't take God's promises out of your life today either. No, it's only if you're willing to give it up. It's not you that's God sent to preach and save and to heal and to cast out foul spirits. It's it's not on you to do those things. It's on you to be obedient. Remember the story Brother Birch told? I listened to it last week. He told about two people came forward in the service and they were sick with flu symptoms. Right. Remember that? Yeah. And he said, God, how am I going to pray for them? How am I going to pray for them to be healed when I'm sick too? I got the same symptoms they got. But he went ahead out of his faith and his obedience, and he went ahead and he, and he prayed for them anyway. And they got healed, and he also got healed. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't on him to heal the people. It was on him to be obedient, to go ahead and lay hands on them, right. to go ahead and anoint them with oil. And then everybody was healed. Yeah. Are you following me? It's not on you to do the healing. It's on you to be obedient, right. lay hands on them, right. and believe that God will do what he says he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's on you to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ, how he saved your soul from a devil's hell. Yeah, no. Yes, that's right. That's what your that, that's what our responsibility is to do. Yes, it is. The Spirit will do the rest. Yes. He'll do the rest. Yes. It's time for the church to get on the offense. It's time for us to get on the offense. We've been on our heels too yes. long. We've been on the defense too long. Sometimes the best offense is a good defense. Yes. Yes. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Any older been in a fight? It's a lot harder to hit somebody when they're hitting you back. Right? It's easy just to walk up and hit somebody and, and keep punching them until if they're not if they're not doing anything back. If they're not defending themselves. If they just got their hands up like this, it's easy to just wail on. Are you following me? Yeah. But if Christians would get down inside of us what God's designed us to be, we could go on the offense, Sister Linda. It's a lot harder to hit somebody. It's a lot harder for the enemy to come. This is a fight for our souls. Do you get that? Yes. It's more real than the fight that we're the, 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 the dying here on earth. The second death is more real than that. It's for eternity. Yes. It's for all of eternity. Yes. Our families are involved in this fight. Our kids are involved in this fight. Our co-workers are involved in this fight. Everybody that you come across is involved in this fight. Yeah, amen. And we're being deceived into losing this thing. Yeah, yeah. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. We're being deceived into giving it up and laying down. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not good enough. Yeah, come on. Uh, greater is he than me is than me than he is in the world. I'm not good enough to do this job. I'll tell you right now, I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm not good enough. But God has called me to this job, and there's no doubt in my mind that he's called me to do this job, and he's anointed me to do this job. And this isn't about me. I'm talking about everybody. God's anointed you to do the job that you stepped into, Brother Stephan. He's anointed you, Sister Linda. Brother Jim, he's anointed you all to do the job that that he has you to do. So don't let the enemy lie to you for one second, even if it's not a job in the church, if it's just to tell someone at school about what he's done for you, Kate. He's anointed you to do that thing. Yeah, amen. Yeah. And he will see it through. Yeah. If you'll be obedient to step out in it. That's right. It's about our obedience. And it's about a relationship for him or with him. That's what it's all about. Can we make a new commitment to God today, church?